First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Srasvoita, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Two Beers Podcast. Coming back to you on the day before Thanksgiving, which by the time you get this probably is Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Part of the everyman. I'm Jordan here with my boy, Drew. Drew, how's it going, brother? Oh, super excited to be slinging on the reel with a uh, big bowl of stuffing tomorrow. Oh, good. That, give, it, that's, give, give me all of it. That's on the reel for real. Oof, God, my second favorite holiday after Halloween just because of the stuffing. Uh, tell me about it. Do you, uh, do you go over your mother's for Thanksgiving? Uh, I trek all over, all over the state of New Jersey for do some you? reason, because I just don't have Thanksgiving at my house. Uh, so why you go, do, you, you why go do to your in-laws why, why, and your mothers? What, yeah. Why do yeah. things the easy way, right? Hey, that's what we do. We drag the kids to my in-laws to my, well, I, I shouldn't say drag cause we love it. So we go to my in-laws, we go to, to my parents. Um, you know, you should just, you should just have everybody come over and sit at that big, beautiful deck of yours. Uh, I mean, dude, the, we've been in the, we've been in the twenties and thirties here in the, Pittsburgh. Get the fire, get the fire pit going, man. Oh, look, listen, if we can Repl- have a mild Thanksgiving next year, that's a great idea. You but can it's... you can you can set up that big movie theater screen you got and replay Porter Crawford. Oh, I've already watched it three times, man. I could go for I drive down and watch it a fourth on that big screen. Oh man, well, I wish you would have given me given me these ideas before the night before, but here we are. So. Here we um, are, sir. Without further ado, let's get I, the beers flowing. I guess this is our second Thanksgiving episode, huh? I guess so. I don't remember what we did for our last one. Do you? Uh, I do not. I do oh, not. Man, uh, someone's going to have to let us know. Someone with a better memory than us. And we might have we might have done the review of the Fat Man, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, we reviewed the Fat Man. Because On Thanksgiving? I remember, yeah, because I remember listening to it in the car on the way to pick up my lady friend on black friday well i have to say that i have not seen the fat man since we rented it back then and i am got to put that on my short list to purchase it and then watch it about five more times so we got to give it a second review a year later you need to hit up that uh two beers cash machine yeah <laughs> you gotta find myself a cash, cash machine. machine all right uh, let's assume positions you ready always Three, two, one. Oh, don't know if my bottle came across there, but Drew, I'm doing it. I am doing it. You ready for this? I don't know. Bush light. Trogues. Yes. Mad Elf. Oh, oh, man. What's that? Nine? Tis the season. Uh, You know what? It's in a, um, what is this? A, A 12 ounce bottle. So, oh, it's 11. Oh, let's oh, go. Yes, let's, let's go. Let's go. Oh, that's I don't, sexy. I, don't, I only drink a couple of these a year anymore, you know, but Thanksgiving, it's the unofficial start of Christmas season. Let's go. What What do you got, by, brother? I've got a nugget nectar. Look at you. Nectar of the gods, my man. Nectar of the gods. So. Okay. All right, well, um... Damn, how about that fight? Damn, damn, damn. Awesome. 
Awesome, awesome. It did not disappoint. We thought it was going to be spectacular, and it was spectacular from the very first second into the round when Showtime went and, and popped Bud right at the face. Oh, my gosh. It was he, spectacular. And I meant to say this last week, but watching – Sean Porter is basically a football player boxing. And, like, that was referenced a couple times, um, like, in, in all the pre-fight stuff. But it's – like, that's – like the quick twitch muscles are there like it's all there like he's he's so good and what did, what did you uh you you forget the one thing you forgot to say <sighs> on the show last week you can I, I i well my comparison was sean is like a fullback and bud is basically like any skill position on the field right yeah, yeah. and it, i thought about this too it's almost like a, fu- a fullback fighting a basketball player like he's just those lanky arms and um Anyway, but it's just, it, I I was on the cards on our Twitter account, and I had Bud com- comfortably ahead by about three rounds, but as we saw right before the knockout, um, a lot of people had Porter up. Um, yeah, and it, so- was, it, it was, it was, there was, like, I think you called it, I think you said there was, like, about five swing rounds. Yeah, that's why I thought I thought there were out of the out of the nine and a half. Yeah, that happened. Um, I mean, it was a close fight. Uh, you know, it would it was tough to say because it was hard the way the Porter fights. Like it, it, he would he would get a couple in, but then Bud would Bud would land. You know, he he would he anytime Porter landed a punch, Bud got his in, and uh, I just didn't like. I, I I thought another thing that didn't help Bud was that his body language. I just didn't you know. I didn't like it. They had to, you know, his tra- Bomac had to talk to him about it in the corner after I think the fifth round, um, where it seemed like he was. It seemed like he was like trying to act like you know Porter's punches weren't hurting him, but he was still Porter was still landing them and building up points, and you know he's like sitting there bouncing around the the ropes and you know shaking his head, which you know the, to the judges you got Porter who's just coming forward nonstop, and you got Bud doing that stuff, so that could impact the impact the round. So I, I thought that's probably why it was closer. I, you know, none of the – at the time of the stoppage – that's well, the towel, you know, with Kenny Porter obviously controversially, you know, threw in the towel after Bud knocked down uh, Sean twice in the 10th. Uh, two judges had Crawford up one. Another judge had him up, I guess, two rounds, right? So 87, <coughs> 87, 84. The other guys had him basically five. Wouldn't you had him up three 87. Rounds? 87, uh, 84. 80, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. That's, yeah. that's what, that's what I had. Yeah, that was your, that was your scorecard. Hold on, sorry, I got the, I got yeah. the cards here. Yeah, 87, 84, and then 86, 85, um, were the other, yeah, was the, were the other two judges. So, they were right there, like I said, and it, and it kind of lined up with the CompuBox. I mean, Porter, Porter out, out, outlanded Crawford in four of the rounds, and Crawford outlanded Bud in five, or, yeah, Crawford outlanded Porter in in five, so it kind of lines up. And again, like I just thought they were so razor thin that I like it wouldn't have sh- it wouldn't have shocked me if you know we got a split decision had the fight you know before the knockdowns obviously because that then you know it's a ten seven in Bud's favor and mathematically Porter could only win by a knockout. But it wouldn't have shocked me if the fight kind of went the way it did. If for we all were heading, rounds. if we were heading for a split decision, yeah, which you know could have could have went either way. So. Um, what I thought that um, 
and and one of the, I can't remember if it was round two or round three. Porter had one more connection in each of those rounds, and I gave one of those rounds to Bud because the second like, round, I think he did. Because Porter, again, when Crawford was coming forward, or what, I'm sorry, when Porter was coming forward, he was going to have to eat shots to get to to Crawford. I just felt like Crawford, for whatever reason, wasn't getting enough credit for the, his left hook connecting with Porter on the way in, on clean, Porter's like, way in, and, and like landing clean. clean, yeah, 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 and body shots clean. And P- Porter said as much uh, yesterday when he did the live podcast on the Porter way that you know Bud was just hitting him with clean punches and he never gets hit with clean punches. Yeah. So yeah, he 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 said that um um. And we'll get in more into the post game, uh, post fight press conference. But in the podcast yesterday, Porter said that he's just not used to getting hit clean. And when he was getting hit clean, he said they were definitely the most powerful punches. Yeah, he's stinger, at the like division. Sting, stinging, stinger. They were like they, it was like reverberating when yeah. when they hit him, and he was like, "Whoa, like what is that?" He said er- Errol Spence's punches did not do that. Yeah, um, and I mean, speaking of copy box, so. The final punch stats, total punches landed, uh, Bud 98 out of 328, Porter 79 out of 347, Jabs 32 out of 159 for Crawford, 12, only, he really didn't have the jab going, um, no, Porter 12, he, he, no, he was had the check hook and the, and the check, uh, I guess on both sides, the check hook as Crawford, as, as Porter came in, so, yeah, 12, uh, but even but even Porter didn't really uh, do well with his jab. Only twelve yeah. out of ninety four, twelve percent, and power punches sixty five out of one sixty nine uh, for Bud, sixty seven for two fifty three. So Bud actually was below his average. I think he was landing power punches in the high forties coming into the fight. Forty, I want to say forty six, forty seven percent. I want to say it was forty seven. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's up there. Him, Loma, and uh, I forget who the other who who. Uh, who else is like way up there? But um, maybe it's probably Canelo. I'm I'm forgetting. But uh, and Bud yeah. only landed 38. percent So I mean Porter, listen Porter Porter was I thought was fighting a perfect fight. I you know and not that he listened to the Two Bears podcast and listened to the strategy I had, but like you know he wasn't as dialed up for all three minutes of every round like he normally is. You know I thought he did it. I thought he was doing a good job of again picking his spots of when to attack. Um, so he wasn't constantly eating those shots he was going to have to take, uh, when trying to get to the inside, I mean, which I was actually surprised to hear that he said he wasn't as aggressive as he had planned to be. Cause I thought that was the game plan. I thought it you know was the perfect, the perfect plan to fight, Bud. um, was to not be as aggressive. Yeah. Just yeah, cause right. again, because the way he has to get, get on the inside, you know, you're just, you're going to eat a lot of punishment. And like I said, we, we talked about it, just Bud's accuracy, with some of those just wide shots that he has, it was just going to be a recipe for uh, for disaster for um, for Porter. But you know, I thought Porter, I thought Porter was really good. I thought he was, I thought he was really sharp. I, I don't know if he was getting tired or again, like Bud just heats. You know, he's just so accurate that he hits you with clean punches, and that just takes a lot out of you, um, especially the body shots. He, you know, he was really working the, I thought working the body well against yep. Porter. Um, we get to the tenth round. Uh, he not, I thought it was a I thought it was a vicious body shot that knocked him down because it happened so fast. That's why I 
you know, I'm not a judge, but uh, he caught him. He caught him just clean on the face as as Porter was lunging forward and knocked yep. him on his ass. Um, he didn't look hurt. Like he got up and did his typical. I'm good. Let's get back into it. And then Bud is just he's the best. He's the best closer in boxing, I think, right now. Um, you know, yeah. Can, yeah, is probably a close second, but you know, he they started engaging again, and uh, you know, what was it, maybe. 10 12 seconds later but had him on the mat again and i thought it was weird like and porter porter just kind of lost his composure he started like smacking the the mat with his uh with his glove and yeah i, I thought i and then and then you see as he got up you know kenny kenny gets on the on the um on the ring apron and you know raises the towel and they call it and uh and that was the fight in the 10th round so bud bud becomes the first person to stop uh sean porter in his 30 35 professional fights I, I thought that uh, Kenny was stopping because he just was like Sean's. He's just he's you know he's not composed. He's getting you know something bad's gonna happen well, because well, of just he, his that, reaction. That's, that's what he did. I mean that that was it. Well, no, it wasn't really because of that. Of that re- it wasn't that reaction that did it. It was just how it was just just everything else in general. I no, thought I think was, I think it was. I mean, they, it was it was that was part of it though. That yeah. But, um. Uh, so here, so let, let me jump in here. So God. For, firstly, um, right before the tenth round. I'm not sure who it was, but somebody starts talking to Bud, like when Bud's on the stool, and they're like, "Hey, man, this is a close fight. Turn I it up." It was his tra- like, I think it was his tra- one of his other trainers, someone outside the ring. And he yeah. was like, "Turn it up," and he's like, "Okay." He goes, "Yeah, you're down." And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "They got you down." And he's like, "How?" Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Him up or me up?" And they said, "Him up." And they're like, he, "He has this look on his face, like, yeah, okay, you got to be kidding me, right?" So then he's like, turn it up now. And he's like, okay. So 10th round, they go out for the 10th round. Minute, what, minute, minute and a half later, Sean Porter's on, on the mat. So Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, that, that was that was awesome. That but, was like the polar opposite of the Canelo and Caleb Plant interaction that they caught with the with where Caleb's just like kind of just talking and, and basically, you know, happy he's surviving in there with Canelo at that like, point. Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good, right? Yeah. Right? And Kale's like, okay, bud, yeah, 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 and then and and then Bud's Are like, good? Bud's like, wait, I'm down. All right, let me go finish this shit and stop playing. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, which he turns out he was not down, but you, some people had him down. Yeah, um, a, a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot of Twitter. I mean, a lot of you know, and a lot of it was you know PBC crew. But uh, you know, again, it was. I, I think I, Ward I, Ward had him down. Ward did right? have him down. Yeah, I, I I did legitimately think that there were five swing rounds, which is crazy in a fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very close. Um, so from there, uh, in the post-fight interview in the ring, Kenny Porter said, "You know, they said, why'd you throw in the towel?" And he said, uh, "Honestly, he said Sean didn't didn't prepare good enough for this fight, or something to that effect." I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And the as whole he then crowd, got, as he then got booed out of Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, the whole crowd starts booing. I was like, "Yeah, he just the preparation wasn't good enough." Okay, so that sounded really bad. I yeah. was like really pissed off. Yeah. But. And <clears throat> excuse me. In the post-fight press conference, he elaborated more, and he was like, "Look, he was not. He didn't push enough in training, and I just knew that this was coming because he didn't push enough. And he was. It was little things like him checking the clock to see how much time he had left because he didn't want to be there and like stuff like that. Where I just knew." that Bud Crawford is too good. And if you're just going to, like, try and coast, like, this is going to happen. He said, so, I love my son. I live across the street from him. 
we do so much stuff together. We ride camels in the Sahara. We jump out of planes. My, you know, I like any other trainer needs to take care of their fighter. He said, I need to take care of my son because my grandkids need their dad there. And they, my son needs to be there for me and for the family and for everybody. So like when he is getting hurt and he's about to get more hurt, and I know that the training wasn't good enough. He's like, there's no, like, we're not doing it. Like, he's like, it was, it was time. Yeah. And, and Sean, Sean agreed with him. And what Sean revealed in the podcast yesterday was he said, this is the first time in his life in training when his dad was telling him to do something and his dad, and he told his dad, no, I don't want to do that. And that's how, and that, and his dad did not reveal that part of it, but his dad knew that like Sean wasn't going to do what it took to to be able to withstand Bud Crawford. Yeah. And so also um after the fight, Sean announced his retirement and he, said, and he, he so said, sad. He said he didn't tell his dad that he was gonna do that. No. But 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 Kenny Porter basically said like, yeah, I could I like we've been talking about retirement since like three or four fights ago. He's like, and the way he trained I knew it was on his mind. And he's like, that's another reason I threw in the towel because I knew he was thinking about retirement. I knew the training wasn't our best camp, and he's like, Bud Crawford was just putting it on him. And and another thing Sean said, again, which I already mentioned, but like he's like, look, my dad, he's seeing Bud Crawford hit me clean, and nobody hits me clean, and so I go down clean. <clears throat> he said, yeah, Errol Spence caused the slip where I got my hand and my knee down. He's like, but he didn't put me down like Bud Crawford put me down. So now I'm down. My dad's never seen me in that position. I've never been in that position. I'm embarrassed that I actually got put down. I don't know what to do. My dad could see that. So we go back for the second time, and I get put down the second time, and I'm embarrassed, and I'm slamming my hand, totally lose my composure, and that's when my dad waved it off. So with all of that context, like, it sounded really bad the way Kenny Porter said it the first time. Yeah. But with all that extra context, it was like, Okay, like that actually makes a lot of sense, and it and it, sound, and it sounded bad too, given the con, given the fact that every everybody watching thought that was an awesome fight, and Sean Porter that he was well Sean, well prepared, yeah. yeah, and Sean Porter was fighting one of his best fights, so it just seemed, yeah, that's what made it seem even even more off putting at the time that he, uh, yeah, that he said it without without the rest of the context, yeah, so. exactly. So, um, but um. And he also said he's like yeah, and he also put the score into account because I think Porter, I don't, I don't think Kenny had uh, Sean up in the fight, and then after right, he yeah. after he went down twice and it was going to be a 10-7 round, he's yeah. like yeah, like, we're not, you know, like we can't we can't catch up, and you're not you're not hitting you're not doing enough damage to him to where you're gonna you know you're gonna knock him out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so thus thus ends the legend of Sean Porter. Um, I'll tell you, man, like. It was, yeah. Love that guy. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Like, and, and I, I just, I gained so many times, like, these dads in boxing and in sports in general. It's unhealthy with their sons. And, and these two guys made it work. And Kenny Porter was just so classy through everything. I, I just gained such respect for that guy. He, he was the opposite of what you thought an overbearing dad would be like there were so many times he looked like he was overbearing but as sean described it he's like look he's he's putting me through the fire because he knows that i need to withstand the fire in order to be in that ring and take the fire yeah 
and so just the 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 way Sean bought into it, and Sean was not brainwashed. You could hear him clearly speak about it, you know. And his dad was not oppressive. It just they just when two people can be that intense and, and have that kind of uh, synergy, and still come out and be loving on the other side, like I, I that was just so admirable to watch and to listen to them. And they are just like the coolest, classiest guys. Yeah. Unlike some father-son duo that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Jesus, today was no different. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, like, Kenny and just, Sean, they were I, they, they, so they were out in, uh, the they were out in, Kenny and Sean were out in Vegas giving uh, giving away uh, thanks, Thanksgiving turkeys, man, to people that such, people that needed them. Such high class individuals. My goodness, like yeah. this, like the sports landscape is better for for having those two in it. Like I, uh, unreal. And yeah. and actually, funny enough, Sean Porter on that podcast yesterday interviewed Bud Crawford, and they talked about the fight, um, and, and this, that, and everything else, uh, which was really interesting. So, I mean, you could find that on YouTube. It was it was a cool little thing to hear hear them talk about it. But, um, man, just I, I again, just so so impressed by, and usually I, I you know you don't spend all this time praising the loser, but. Man, I was just so impressed by those two guys. Yeah, and I mean Crawford. Just I mean, I you know, people were like, "Ah, oh, this this wasn't some dominant Crawford performance." Um, I mean, Bud was still excellent, right? I mean, I thought Bud still, like I said, I thought I didn't I didn't like his body language in the first <clears throat> five rounds. I just thought he was not that he was hurt. I just thought he was, it was he wasn't doing himself uh, any any justice by how he was kind of like acting. And again, this I'm always going to be jaded from how Loma's body language was in the fight with Tio as to why it seemed like he was getting beat worse than he was. So I, anytime one of my guys is doing that, I'm just going to be like, dude, like the judges aren't like the judges aren't going to like that. So stop. Um, but again, like he, he was hit, he was hitting Sean with clean punches. Like Porter wasn't, uh, Porter wasn't as dominant as he has been in other fights, even though I thought he was well, fighting here's- really Here's, here's my two cents on that. Yeah, God. About people saying Bud didn't have as dominating a performance. Bud Crawford will fight better boxers, but Bud Crawford will not fight anybody tougher than Sean Porter the rest of his career. Yeah. There's just there's just nobody out there as tough as Sean Porter. Yeah, I agree. And and, and he stopped the guy. First, yeah, and, only person and, to ever stop him. He he so. he's the only person to stop him. He stopped the guy. And he's the he's the toughest he's probably the toughest guy he ever has faced and ever will face, and 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 he he got the, the KO. So like, what are you, what what are you nitpicking at? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree. And for anybody that said, oh well, Kenny, Kenny Porter stopped Sean Porter, not Bud. I like that that you know the the knockdowns happened so early in the tenth round. I you know I. Not to not to brag, but I did. There call were a ten- more knockdowns coming. I yeah, I did call a tenth a tenth round stop. I, I was gonna get. I was gonna give you your. Well, I'm your, just saying, like I, I mean, at, at some point, if if Porter gets knocked down again, I, like the ref stopping the fight, especially that guy. It was that 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 guy that was the official. The, the ref was the the dude in the Shakur fight that kept yelling at them for the feet thing, which was the dumbest shit ever. Two, two Shakur fights ago. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah. Not, two. Yeah. Sorry. Him two and Shakur. Nakali. Yeah. The two Shakur fights. Watch the feet. Watch the feet. Um. He, I mean, he would have. St- I mean, that thing would have got stopped at some point in that round. I, I try. I mean, I try. But like I said, Bud's just a killer. Uh, he, he even said it. He even said it after the fight. He was like, 
uh, he's like, yeah, he did the right thing. I was coming with vengeance. It wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna be pretty. What was? No, point. no, it wasn't. And and that's where you risk getting hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, kudos to you. You called it tenth round KO tenth on the round. on the money on the it, button. Man, it's crazy how all these big fights we've had in twenty twenty one, and either you or I have called probably like eighty percent of them. Yeah. I I thought Sean was gonna be tough enough to make it through to the twelfth. And he may have been had his dad not stopped it, but that was the right call. Yeah, and again, I just thought Bud again, and it was just that he was going to have that advantage of hitting hitting Sean clean. Um, and again, I again to his toughness, I thought the I, I thought the ref would stop it, not that he wouldn't get up to the ten count. So right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so now yeah, uh, after the fight, Bud <laughs> with Bob Arum sitting right next to him, Bud effectively was like. Uh yeah, I'm out of top rank. See you guys. Been fun. Could you could you couldn't get me the fights while I was They're with like, you? They're like, oh yeah, so you free agent now? And he's like, well, Bob couldn't give me the Arrow Spence fight, so why would I stay with him? And he's yeah. sitting right next to Bob yeah. Arum. Uh, there, there's, I mean, there's definitely no love loss between those two guys at this point. No. Um, which is a shame. I think my my favorite Bob Arum tweet I think I saw was Bob Arum is old enough to promote uh, the crucifixion, and he's going to be around to promote the resurrection <laughs> that's that is good um so or the second coming i yeah. guess but and uh interesting enough Errol spence was a big fish he was he was at the fight and as soon as it got stopped he got up and left which was interesting um some people took it as a punk move some people said oh that was a that was a swag move. they were saying on the podcast they said, that was a swag move like i'm not impressed i'm gonna get up and leave i I didn't interpret it that way, but you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know him like those guys do. So if that's what that was, uh, but it's time. Well, I mean, and, what's it matter? And, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, but it, it's time, you know. Bud, there's there's zero excuse now not to see Crawford Porter. Uh, oh, sorry, Crawford Spence. Uh, Ugas. I, I I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know. If, maybe maybe Bud. Like if I'm Bud, I'm not signing with PBC. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And uh, like Canelo is doing, just you know, yeah, make, make, the, make the best fights that you can make. Um, he probably has. He's thirty four as well. He probably has three fights left in his career: Thurman, yeah. Ugas, and and Spence. And that's those are the three that he named on the podcast yesterday. Yeah. Although I, I I don't think he fights all three of them because I think Spence will fight Ugas before that happens. Ugas and Spence are probably going to fight at some point here before Bud gets a shot. I would like to see Bud and Thurman just because Thurman was, like, really good, and then, like, Pacquiao beat him, and he just decided, ah, I guess I'm not going to fight anymore. So, um, but I really, I really like Thurman. I think those are, that would be an awesome fight style-wise between the two of those guys. Uh, and it Thurman would be- hasn't fought in, like, two years, right? Last, he, last time he fought was 2019 against Pacquiao when he lost. Right, yeah. You know, um, and that was a close fight. Like I said, if Pacquiao, if Pacquiao doesn't knock him down in the first round, uh, he probably Pacquiao probably loses that fight because it was a split decision. Um, and I thought Thurman won a lot of rounds. And uh, again, I think some of it was just the Pacquiao bias. But you know, uh, Thurman. I mean, Thurman was arguably the top welterweight until he lost to Pacquiao because he was undefeated at that at that point yeah. in his career. So. So we'll see, but yeah, like hopefully, hopefully we see these. I just don't know what we have, but I did. It was interesting because I said on the pod last week this was an inflection point for Crawford and Porter 
depending on where they go. And the reason I said that for Sean was that, you know, if he doesn't win, he basically becomes that guy that's like the stepping stone guy for the gatekeeper. And that's, yeah, that's actually what he said after the fight. He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I, I could be, you know, you know, they'll, they could have me be the gatekeeper, but I'm not going to do that. You know, that's never been what I've been about. I'm not going to do that with, with my life. So, you know, good for him. Yep. And he's too, you know, he's, he's take the reason why he has, you know, the reason why he doesn't have a perfect record is because he wasn't afraid to fight the best guys. So he, he, you know, like a lot of the old school greats, like he, he got in the ring with these, these guys that a lot of these guys won't fight because, you know, it's a big risk to their, to their zeros. And, uh, you know, he's not going to be, you know, like you said, he's not going to be penalized for, for doing that. So, so that's awesome. So, you know, props to Showtime, you know, we'll probably name the show after him because I love that guy and happy that I dropped like 120 bucks on his new merch that came out last week because he deserves it. Gave us a lot of fun. Sweet. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, putting a bow on that and. Couple, couple good matches here. You're, you're really, you're really, you're, you're bringing that back. <clears throat> I, I back really brought it now, back. Huh? I, you're really, I'm you're really just, you're gonna keep going. You're gonna keep going with it now. Yeah, tis the season, brother. With putting bows on Christmas presents. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, so putting a bow on that. Um, <laughs> um, couple fights this weekend. Um, I told Drew we are not talking about Tiafimo Kambosis for more than two minutes. It's the fight that's finally happening after being canceled five or six times. Combosis is an Aussie fighter, uh, the number one challenger for the Tio's belts. This is the first time Tio's fighting since he beat Loma in October of 2020. Um, so it's been over a year. Um, lost all of his momentum from that fight. Uh, his dad has been a total ass here lately, just MFing Cambosis' corner up and down. Tio said he's going to put Cambosis on a stretcher in the first round, blah, blah, blah. Um, Drew, you said you got the tail of the tape and all that crap, huh? Uh, yeah. So Tio, five foot eight, orthodox, sixty-eight and a half inch reach, uh, sixteen and zero, twelve knockouts. Cambosis, orthodox, five nine and a half, sixty-eight inch reach. So interesting. He's got an inch and a half in height, but loses a half an inch in uh, in arm length. So I feel bad for that T Rex guy. Nineteen and zero, ten knockouts. Listen. The only the only way Tiafimo Lopez is losing this fight is if he's got any if there's any effect on him from having COVID. Assuming he did have COVID, I know that was a big uh, controversy. Just because he's supposedly asthmatic, so like I you know I, he hasn't fought in twelve thirteen months now. So you know does that have an impact on him? Um, I think that's the only way he can lose this fight. Cambosis is the number one IBF contender. He's he's at the bottom of the top ten rankings uh, for 135. This isn't you know this isn't Devin Haney. This isn't ten. This isn't like a big time challenger. No. Uh, he's got fast hands. He's quick. I, I don't really people say he's not he, as quick as Tio. No. Well, people and people say that he's got he's got power. I, I mean he's no. got ten he's got ten knockouts in his 19. No. Fights, so. He's you winning know. split decisions over like other mediocre guys his past. Yeah, I mean he's you know I know everyone's like ah oh, he's got that Spartan blood in him. Okay, cool. No, um, no. I think he's gonna engage. I Tia's gonna win with a fourth round knockout. I think fourth that's round. I, I I was gonna go sixth round. Um. So yeah, here's I, here's the odds. Tio's a minus one thousand favorite. Combos yeah. is plus six hundred. Tells you so all you pro- need to know. Prohibitive. Over under Drew. Ah. Uh, I've been. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose my streak on this one. 
I would if I'm I would set it at five and a half or four and a half. So what do you think Vegas put it at? I'm gonna say they put it at five and a half. Eight and a half. That's I I don't know. That's that's too many. That's bullshit. I I don't even know what. Yeah, I don't even know how they they I, how he makes it that long. I don't even know how they come up with that. Like if ah, whatever. Okay. I guess now, if he tries to dance a little bit, I guess. That's I why. Guess. That's why I went sixth round. Uh, I was gonna go fifth, but I went. I bumped it out to six. Um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, Tio's Tio on the cards minus two fifteen. Tio, I'm sorry. Tio by stoppage minus two fifteen. Tio on the cards plus two fifty, and Combosis. It doesn't even matter what what those odds are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I said, four four and a half rounds. That's about it. Yep. Uh, what? Where can we see? Watch that at. Uh, it's on the zone Saturday DAZN, night. Okay. They're fighting in the uh, the Hulu Theater of Madison Square Garden. Okay, the Baby Theater. The Baby, yeah, the Baby Theater. So, which was uh, all right. That was probably over two minutes. So yeah. the other fight is uh, Nelson, or I'm sorry, Fulton Figueroa. Yes, for the uh, Banta 122 division uh, title unification. How many belts are they unifying? Two, two. or three? Two belts. Two. So. Tell the tape on these guys. Stephen Fulton Jr. out of PA, Philadelphia. Uh, he is five six and a half. It's crazy. He's got a longer seventy and a half inch reach, so he's got a longer reach than Lopez and Cambosis, and he's three inches shorter than him. Um, he is uh, nineteen and zero with eight knockouts. Orthodox, and then we have Brandon Figueroa. Uh, he is 23 and 0 with 17 knockouts. He's 5'8 with a 72 and a half inch reach, so he's got the reach and the height advantage. Uh, he's fighting out of uh, West West Laco, Texas. Am I saying that right? West Laco? Uh, I don't know. West Laco, Texas. So <clears throat> yeah. anyway, cool boy Steph versus the Heartbreaker. Um, I mean, this is this is one of those lower weight divisions we've talked about. It. There's going to be a lot of punches thrown. 122, right? 122. Uh, Fulton's last fight was just uh, an impressive battle of endurance where he just was throwing punch. I think over 1,000 punches were thrown by both guys um, in his in his win, for the, in his title win. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little conflicted on who I think's going to win this one. Like, Figueroa's got the power and he's more of a knockout guy and he's got the height and and the reach but i'm uh i'm i'm gonna go with my man fulton just because i think i think he's got a little more toughness i think he's a little bit better of a technical boxer and i don't see this one ending with a knockout i think this one goes to the cards and so i think that fulton fulton has the advantage there and will will win the fight um via split decision agree with everything you said um the only thing i'll add is if we get a knockout in this fight it will contend for fight of the year um but i highly doubt we will so the the odds on this one are figueroa plus 260 fulton minus 335 fulton's a favorite um not a prohibitive but he's a definite favorite in, in boxing terms um over under rounds drew uh, I'd say ten and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's gonna. Yeah, any. I've I've now come to learn any fight that that should go. It's the gonna distance, go to the distance. It's gonna, it's gonna be yeah. Well, yeah. will be ten and a half. So um, um, minus three oh five on the over. 
plus two fifteen on the under. So what are the uh, what are their what are their win odds? Did you say that already? Did I miss that? No, no. So uh, oh yeah, yeah. So it was plus two sixty for Figueroa, minus three thirty five for Fulton. Okay, so uh, Fal- so Fulton's the favorite here. Yes. 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 So okay. um, Figueroa by stoppage plus five hundred. Figueroa on the cards plus seven hundred. Fulton by stoppage plus three seventy five. Fulton on the cards minus one fifty five. So um, okay, yeah, I'll, we'll keep an eye on both. Again, yeah, that for, this for one, ca- this for one, casuals, you probably don't need to watch either. If this you got one's free on Showtime, if you got I won't say that. To watch. Fulton Ful, Ful, Ful Figueroa is going to be a good fight. This Again, it's just yeah. It's a, if you like guy, they're going to like we kind of said it's kind of going to be another Chocolatito Estrada where they'll they'll kind of engage and throw a lot of punches. Yeah, but but yeah. if they don't have the threat to knock each other out, that's my bugaboo. Like yeah, okay. that's your thing. Yeah, um, and this is free on Showtime, so on Saturday. Yeah. All right, let's let's wrap up boxing. Um, thirty six minotes. Two weeks out, bro. Yes, sir. Two Getting closer and closer to the homosexuals in person. Drew right. Jordan and their fancy parties. <laughs> All right, so. NFL, second and short. Yes. Playbook's wide open. We can do whatever we want. What are we going to do? So we're going to do the same thing we've been doing, picking five games. We're So far through two weeks of doing this, we're both 500 even. I went two and three last week. You went three and two in the first week, vice versa. So let's let's keep it rolling here and try and do a little better this week. F the Chargers. That's all I'm gonna say. Fuck the Chargers and the Steelers. Um, all right. So first game we looking at is the Rams and Packers. Is that the first one we're looking at? Are we? Are we? We're doing this before the what? Oh yeah. Oh oh. Sorry. Sorry. Never mind. Yeah, right. th- we're saving the Thursday game for the party. Sav- okay. Yeah, I got you there. Uh, yeah. So Rams Packers on Sunday. Um, it's even right now. The line is even. So I don't you know. Got if him this as is- a pick them right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this will change based on Aaron Rodgers putting his foot all over the internet. Um, I guess it could. You want a toe? I'll get you a toe. <laughs> I'll get you a toe with nail polish. Uh, with nail polish by three o'clock. I'm going to go the Rams because I know you're going to take the Packers uh, at home. Uh, I just I think the Rams need to win. They've lost two two in a row. Uh, I think Matt Stafford needs to stop embarrassing our go-for-two co-host Teddy and being awful like we said he was going to be. And Teddy was, thought he was an MVP. So I'm going to take the Rams in this one. love when you call people out and they can't defend themselves. Um so, funny enough, um, the score app that I use has the Rams as a plus one. No, I'm sorry. The Rams is a minus one. And my betting app has the Rams as a plus half and the Packers as a minus half. Okay. With the Packers as a slight favorite to win right. on, on well, the we'll money keep, line. For our purposes, we'll our keep purposes it. Pick we'll keep it uh, no, I was just saying that's kind of interesting. So, um, I'm yeah, like you said, I'm gonna go Packers. Um, you you just you know me. I do. Um, again, Rams coming off by. I'm gonna credit Go for our, our, our boy Matt Creange, uh for pointing this out to me. But teams coming off by have struggled a little bit. So um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Packers at home. Okay, all right. Uh, speaking of knowing what you're gonna do, uh, let's let's head out west. 
We got the Minnesota Vikings. They've rallied to 5-5. Five and five, Playing another team that's rallied to 5-5. Five and five, The 49ers. Jimmy G must be uh, going through that phone with all his uh, porn star... Uh, you know, hot dates. Uh, yeah, hot dates, and uh, he's got he's got he's got those 49ers on the move here. So the Niners are minus three at home against the Vikings. This is Sunday, 4:25. I'm gonna go with the 49ers because I know you're gonna take the Vikings, and I want to try to get a big a big lead on you after this week. So uh, I think it's a pick for me. It's a pick 'em. So it is Vegas. That's why it's only a three point spread. Um, I just think the Niners got they got a little bit of mojo going and I trust I trust their defense and running the running the ball more than I trust the Vikings play calling. Defense run. and running the ball? Well yeah, I was gonna say more than I trust the Vikings to make the appropriate call to run the ball <laughs> with the with 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 one of the best running backs in football. Yeah, so I'm obviously taking the Vikings. Avi. In Dalvin we trust. Um, yeah, so, uh, but I will say the Niners, the way they're, I feel like, again, and this is what I love about, like, the smart coaches in the NFL, Jeez, I feel, yeah. I feel like they watched the Falcons, and they're like, huh, look at what they're doing with Cordero Patterson, we got a guy who's pretty damn athletic, why don't we start doing that with Debo? And now they got Debo in the backfield. They got him in the slot everywhere. Like they got him getting lined up against linebackers. They're they're handing it off in traps, you yeah. know, in sweeps and everything else. And like that, that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant what they're doing with Debo Samuel. So, um, kudos to them. And you know, they could easily just keep it rolling. But as you as as I'm want to do, in Dalvin we trust. Yeah, I'm um, I'm with you all day every day. Um. All right, I picked another one where I know what you're gonna do. So we're gonna we're gonna head out to the mi- Midwest. What Cincinnati? No, Denver. Uh, the Mountain West. Mountain West. All right, Mountain West. Chargers, Broncos. Huge. This is a huge game again. Uh, the Chiefs seem to be back, back in business. So now everyone else in the AFC West just needs to get their shit together fast before. Uh, they they watch their playoff hopes just flash before their eyes. So the Chargers six and four, Broncos five and five. Uh, I think this is a, um, you know, this is just a huge game for these two teams that can either start going in one direction or the other. Uh, the Chargers are minus two and a half. I'm just gonna keep shooting myself in the foot and picking the Chargers to cover and win games when for some un- for unknown reason. The only reason I'm really doing it this week is because I know you love Teddy Two Gloves, so I'm going to assume that you're going with Denver. Um, I will have zero Teddy Two Gloves slander on this podcast. Teddy Two Gloves for life. I don't care if people think he has a weak arm. The guy makes all the throws. He's awesome. I will have other than he's not much of a tackler as you saw when he threw oh, that Oh, right. <laughs> he just kind of like did the fake. T- oh, oh, hey. yeah. oh, oh, darn! You got by me. He was thinking um, about that contract for next season. I'm going with the Chargers as well. Um, damn like, you, damn you! I it just the the Broncos have been worrying me, and this could easily be a game where Javante shows up and like does a couple things. And the Broncos play a little bit of defense, a little bit more than the Steelers, and, and kind of steal one. But 
I'm going to say that the Chargers kind of like accidentally stumble into it like a 20 point win. Maybe like <laughs> maybe when they have a 17 point lead, they'll use their running back. Yeah. Maybe they'll yeah. maybe they'll use their running back and not decide to use him after not throwing the ball for 12 straight plays on a fourth and one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe something like that. Something like that. Uh all right. So then we're going to go we're going to go to the Steelers and the Bengals. Another big time division game. Again, huge game for these two teams, especially with, you know, again, the Chiefs just are looming large here in the AFC again. The Steelers are on the road. They're getting four and a half points. What's their what's their injury uh, situation right now, J.O.? I don't know. I've, I was, like, scouring the internet today. I don't know if Joe Hayden's playing, T.J. Watt. Um, Minga Fitzpatrick had, was in the COVID protocols, I think. So I think he should be back. Um, Roethlisberger played and did very well last week. Um, so he, he'll be back. Um, it, it really interesting to hear him talk about the COVID situation and like getting in, into the protocols and out of the protocols and everything. That was interesting. Um, yeah, the, he looked, he looked really sharp with those two, uh, two yard throws. Yeah, th- exactly. Oh, he's getting it out and. Negative one seconds. <laughs> they throw the ball two yards. Oh, when he, when he holds it longer than two seconds, his offensive line lets up a sack. So, yeah. And in 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 the three seconds, the receivers can get no separation whatsoever. Whatsoever. So whatsoever. He's just kind of like throwing it to someone who's covered. Um. Yeah. So that being said, the Bengals are favored by four and a half. It's in Cincinnati. Uh, call me crazy. I'm going to take the Steelers to cover again. I, I think they kind of – I don't know. I have no reason to say this, but like, I just kind of think they win this week. I, I don't know why. I feel like on paper, Joe Mixon should just shove it down our throats, um, and Jamar Chase will probably and, kill us and, like and he's done. And thank you for it. Yeah, and, and Jamar Chase will probably murder us like he's been murdering the whole division, including us already. Um, and – I, I don't know. I, I just got this weird hunch that the Steelers pull out like a field goal game. But I'm going to roll with the Steelers as well to cover. You were debating whether or not to go against me, weren't you? I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover. It's going to be a division. It's going to be a close division game, and I think they lose by a field goal. So yeah. with the four and a half, I think they cover. Got it. Okay. So, but you think the Steelers are going to win outright? I, it, it, I think it. I think it comes down to right at the end of the fourth quarter. I, I could see them winning. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, and then that brings our last game. Uh, the former hottest team in football and the current hottest team in football, the Tennessee Titans at eight and three, are going to Foxborough to face the Patriots seven and four. Uh, we talked about them on the go for two that they had a big four game stretch here to really show whether they were going to make a playoff, make a big playoff push and be a contender. Uh, so far they're two and two or they're, sorry, they're two, they're two for two, uh, in that four game stretch. They're six and a half point favorites. What do you think about this one, J.O.? Um, I just have to say good call by you and Teddy. I-, I thought that the Patriots would flirt with the playoff spot, not really like surge, but my goodness, they have really surged. Yeah. Um, well, credit to Teddy. Cause he thought in our original sh- kickoff show, he was all over the Patriots. 
Last show, I just said they're the real deal. They're contenders. They're going to go on a tear here, and so far they've been doing it. So yeah, I'll um, give while while I shit on him for his Matt Stafford nonsense, I'll give him his credit on this one. Yeah, and so the Titans, I think, have and even on some of their wins, they've looked questionable. And then if it, again the 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 um well, what am I trying to say? The chariot started to turn back to a pumpkin a little bit here last week. Yeah. Um. And they're they're really missing Derrick Henry. <laughs> it's becoming very apparent. And now apparently AJ Brown's fingers are all jacked up. I I don't know if that's gonna uh, carry over from last game or not. Um. As you might be able to tell, I'm gonna take the Patriots to actually cover that. Oddly enough, to win by touchdown. Um. And I could see the Titans getting back on track. Like I really could. But with Tannehill just throwing all those picks. And I all I thought to myself was now he has to go up against Belichick, yeah. and like so I'm just gonna take the Patriots. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Patriots as well, just because I have no idea who's even playing for the Titans yet on Sunday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume they they don't have AJ Brown and uh, and the Pats end up covering that. All right. Well, so we. We're the same on three of them, and we were different on the Vikings and the Packers. Yes. And Rams and Niners. Why don't, why don't you just switch to the Broncos? You know you want to. Come on. You know you want to do it. I do want to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. Good enough, man. Good enough. So we're we're both five. We're both five and five. So we're picking. We're picking a. Uh, five hundred. Which yeah, we're picking. Means 50%. you're losing the, on the juice. Yeah, those are those are rookie numbers. So we gotta we gotta pump those up. Get back into the. Uh, into the seventy percent winners uh, winners circle. My printer just yelled at me. Um, <clears throat> so, all right, next order of business after the NFL second and short is the NBA catch and shoot. Yes, sir. First thing I'm going to toss your way, Drew. LeBron suspension. <laughs> he, he, he friggin' punches that guy. <laughs> what I do? What I do? Oh, oh it's the I best. Do? Oh well, I game. mean, the, the other guy flips out. He's bleeding everywhere. He gets t- that other guy. What's the guy? Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Uh, he gets two games. I, I'm, Bronny gets one game. So, what do you make of all that? Uh, well, you know, Le- Le- LeBron said it was inverted and was trying to apologize. So clearly, it was an accident. Clearly, it was an accident because of that. Um, God, I hate Teddy. Um, I you know, I think I think LeBron like I don't think LeBron's a dirty player. I just think it was a dirty play. I think he was just frustrated. They were losing, <laughs> you know, they were losing to the friggin' Pistons for God's sakes, um, and they were playing him a little physical. So I think he was, uh, you know, he was trying to send a little bit of a message. And unfortunately, uh, you know, he he hit the wrong guy. I thought Stewart's reaction was a little like. At first, like getting get going and getting LeBron's face, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I get that. Like you know, he's no one's scared of that dude. But then, like after like the skirmish, like got, you know, happened, and then it was stopped. Like him then running across the court four times to like that, I thought that was just kind of silly. Which is why I I was okay with him getting more games of a suspension. As crazy as that sounds, because it's like, what what are you doing, like? Act like a professional, bro. Like that was that was just stupid. Okay, so get punched in the face and like I get it. Like no, listen, act like like a professional. Well, I do. Like I get it. Well, I'm just saying. After 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 it was like settled like three times, like he had to keep running. What was he gonna do? Were they were they were they actually gonna fight? Like what was? He wanted to sucker punch LeBron. 
<sighs> you want to do it do it for all all us re- regular guys out here just and he'd be and he'd be out playing uh playing uh what do you call it in uh, in a park somewhere tomorrow after that happened i don't know i just thought it was a, a little yeah, much he'd be the hero of the everyman well that's he'd true like, yeah you did it he'd you be he'd, he'd be He'd be desperate for the fifty bucks we'd offer him to come on the podcast to talk about it. That's for sure. I just thought it was. I just thought like he. he it was just way the the second and third time and fourth time he kept doing it. I was like, all right, dude, let's come on, let's 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 get this this show on the road here. This um, is not the way you act in a democracy. Democracy, yeah. Anyone that said LeBron shouldn't have been suspended for that and that wasn't a dirty play, uh, you're just fooling yourself. It was again. I don't think he's a dirty player, but it was a dirty play. I don't think it was inadvertent. I think you know, I don't think he intended to bust the guy open like that, but you know, unfortunately, you know, LeBron's a big, a big friggin' dude. So you know, when he when he hits somebody, um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. So I thought it was funny where it's like, ah, oh, the beast has been woken up. This is gonna galvanize the lake, and then they go, they lose to the Knicks uh, the next the next night. If they go on a run here, you could start calling them Dirty LeBron and the Boys. <laughs> Dirty, Le- that's a good one. Dirty LeBron and the Boys. Ah, oh, oh no, we can't. Uh, I was gonna say that make the be a good They're title. Gonna for steal, steal a Prius and have a soup kitchen in the back. Yeah, so that would be a good title for this week. But we got to dedicate to Sean Porter. That's a good one. Dirty LeBron and the boys. Ah, maybe maybe we will. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to flirt that one around. But uh, yeah, that's that's my take on that. I was fine. Again, I I definitely think LeBron should have been suspended, and I was also I was fine with Isaiah Stewart getting two. Okay. Uh, what else do you want to talk about in the NBA? Um, not a ton is going on outside of the the Suns, who apparently are never going to lose again. Their uh, their win streak. They beat Cleveland tonight, so they're up, they're up to fourteen straight wins, dude. Fourteen. That's a lot. And Aiton Aiton wasn't even there for like twelve of them, um, because he was hurt, and obviously because they didn't give him the extension, he was in no rush to uh, <laughs> sorry, no rush to uh get back to the court. They're I mean, they're just playing great basketball. Like, these bench guys, like, the young guys continue to get better. Cam Johnson's awesome. Go Carolina. Um, Bridges is playing well. Booker's not even scoring a ton. Like, Booker's averaging, like, 22 a game. Um, Chris Paul's playing well. Like, everybody's just stepping up and playing really, really good for them. Um, And their next, you know, their next stretch here, they've got the Knicks on Friday. Uh, this will be a real test. They have the Knicks on Friday. They have the Nets on Saturday, and then they play the Warriors uh, on Tuesday. So good, a good crop of games here now to to really test them and see how how far they can take that. But if they if they win those three games, they've got a chance to get it into the twenties here because then they have Detroit, Golden State again. The Spurs, Boston, Clippers, Portland, Washington, Charlotte, Lakers—like those are all really winnable games for that team. So um, they've played really well. And again, I, you know, they were my to the moon, to the moon team in our uh, in our NBA NBA preview. So I'm glad to see that they're playing well. Uh, the Nuggets, what a train wreck! Uh, JP Dozier, or I think I'm saying that right. Possible torn ACL. They might have just lost him for the season last night. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. going to see a back specialist. That guy might be done for the year. Imagine, imagine you just gave that guy two hundred million dollars for, I don't know, like seven good games in his NBA career because that's what happens now, and he's already about to miss the season with the back, which has been 
the red flag since college with this guy. He has like, a bad back. Bad lower bad back. Bad lower back. Uh, but other than that, he'll do some things on the court that will blow your mind. It's crazy. Like, that's that, that's why the NBA contract system is just nuts. Like, that dude, he didn't deserve – like, he didn't do anything really to get $200 million, but that's just what you end up paying him, and now he's probably going to miss the season. But uh, pretty pretty insane. And, I mean, the Warriors keep doing their thing. 15-2, and two, they've got the best point differential in the NBA at uh, 13 points a game, which is close close to what it was when uh, – yeah, you know, it was a little bit just a, a shy a shy hire, you know, when they were going on the run before uh before they got Durant. So um interest that's that's the West. Anything going on out in the East? Eh. Nets Nets have been on a roll. Everybody's just kinda in the middle of the pack. COVID COVID's really hit the Eastern Conference teams uh hard, I think. So um they're still kinda kinda rolling around, but the rat look. I'll be curious to see what the Raptors do, because they're nine and ten. Again, they have pieces that they could move if they want to just say, let's you know, let's just go into rebuild here. You know, they can move Van Vliet, they can move um, Siakam, OG Abinobi, however the hell you say it, um, OG, <laughs> OG Abinobi. Um, you know, and then start try to get some draft capital, seem young, get get younger, and then. Uh, you know, build or build with uh, Scotty Barnes. So, so we'll see. So, so far, those are I think those are the only storylines of this week that are kind of worth talking about in the NBA outside of uh, Dirty LeBron and the boys. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Joel might be back Saturday too, which would be great. Be be great if the Sixers could get healthy again when they were the best team in the NBA before it just it all came crumbling down. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right. Anything else on that? No, nah, no, nah, I think that's good. I think I just sunk by five or six threes there. Sweet, sweet. Um, okay. Uh, just real quickly, some NHL half clappers. Um, just a couple. Uh, one s- surprise I want to say is is the Calgary Flames, um, who are leading that division out west. I. I thought this was the year they take a step back um but here they are leading the division um they got this guy i don't even know how to say his name manja pain manja does that mean eat bread in in italian or some kind of language manja means i think manja means eat. manja means eat pane remember panera we always joke uh, about that Pan, manja pain does that mean eat bread um it's this dude's 5'10 184 pounds he's probably not eating that much bread but 25 years old he has 15 goals in 20 games Wow, his, and yeah, and like his his goals the past couple of years were like seventeen and sixty eight games, eighteen and fifty six games. Now all of a sudden he has fifteen goals in twenty games, so he's twenty five years old. All of a sudden he's popping off, leading the charge here for the Calgary Flames. Is this Andrew Eat Bread number eighty eight for the Flames? That that's just out of the blue for me. Um, so that that's interesting, um, and then they still got Goudreau and Matt Kachuk and those guys. So didn't expect to see them kind of at the top of their division, but here we are. Um, the top of the Metropolitan Division is the Carolina Hurricanes. Not surprising, but I just gotta say, can we just pump the brakes on Rod Brindamore being like the coolest guy on earth? Like pump those brakes, baby. It's just like he's one of these guys, Drew. Where he's a little bit younger. He's a former player, and like. 
everyone just drools over this guy. Like, oh, look at him in the weight room with the guys. Oh, look at him carrying the bags with the guys. Oh, look at him being one of the guys. And it's like, all right, we get it. Like, but guess what? If you're not a good coach, none of that crap even matters. And like, like if you sucked and you're like, oh, look at him being one of the guys. Like, yeah, he's a jabroni. Like, or like, guess what? There's been other really good coaches who are brilliant that don't carry the bags and stuff like that. I just like, that's one of those media things where it's just like, Oh, look at him. Oh, you hmm. gotta love you gotta love it. Gotta love it. And it's just like That's such good I, shit. I, yeah, I, I I get it. Okay, calm down. Like stop stop, you know, friggin' jerking yourself off over there. Yeah. Like <laughs> whatever. Um but not nah, a great team. Uh, good coach. The, the, all the guys buy in for him. They they love him. So um just wanna point out that my Pittsburgh Penguins are hanging right there in the playoff hunt. So I, I told you all that they weren't going anywhere. Here they are. There that's they all, are. That's all I got for the half 50, 55 games to go. That's right. Um, so that's that's all I got for the half clappers. Clap, um, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Shake your booty. Well, it would have been clap your booty, but okay, cool. Um, well, the Mad Elf's starting to kick God, I love that. Oh, God, I love those 10, 11 percenters, baby. Um, okay. So, the last sports thing. Well, I guess two sports things we need to talk about. One is the match. It's oh, by happening. the way. Oh, by the way, some golf. Um, Brooksy. Brooksy. Versus Bryson. It's great. Friday, 4 o'clock on the TNT Networks. TNT, TBS, all that jazz. Um, they're going to play out in uh, Wynn uh, Resort Course out in Vegas. Only 12 holes. Um, I got the odds here. Um, I love uh, that you can bet on this. I know, right? Isn't it insane? Um, Kepka's plus 100 and Bryson is minus 129. You could bet on who's going to win hole one, hole two, hole three. You could bet on who's going to have the longest drive on number six. You could bet closest to the pin on all the all, all the par threes. They're going to have Phil Mickelson in the booth with direct access to chirp at both Bryson and Brooksy. Charles Barkley is going to be chiming in. I don't know if he's going to be on site or if, you know off site in the studio. Yeah, so I you know it's it's the match. It's it's twelve holes, at, golfing out of Vegas. Um, we'll see. I, I, it doesn't only really, doesn't look like they're um, golfing for a prize though. Like there's some, excuse me, Capital One has some charities involved. Yeah, but didn't I, I'm I think they want these guys to like bet their own money. Like bet you, bet you a thousand dollars you won't hit, you know you, you won't hit you won't hit this putt. I wish I, I I wish they had partners because I just think the dynamic would be cooler. Yeah, like both of those guys. Like Brady seems... and, well, they're in mid season, but you know. Well, I would have. Why would have picked guys that didn't really suck? Like Charles would have been great with like DeChambeau because you know he's like, uh, hey, uh, Patrick, can you uh, not walk behind me in my eye line? Like, imagine Bark. They should have <laughs> picked two since baseball is out of season. They should have picked two baseball players that hate each other. Yeah, or maybe yeah, oh, that would have been great. Or like Mike Trout, so like we could actually see Mike Trout in like a primetime spot on any type of cable network. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> they should have done Trout and uh, Otani. That would have been fun. Trout and Harper. Two- Oh God! Oh my God! I I now see I I'd pay pay per view prices. Why don't they consult us? 
That's uh, ridiculous. Congre- Why oh. don't we run the world? Shout out to the National League MVP, baby. Well deserved, Bryce Harper. Um, yeah, it's good. I said I. I don't know if these guys have like patched things up during the Ryder Cup or what. I hope not. Like them, them hating each other and the rivalry is is one of the best best things going in sports. So I just I hope it's just four hours of just shit talking. Like I hope Bryce. I hope it doesn't I hope, take him four hours. To, to I hope DeChambeau's lining up for like you know a nice uh, 150 50 yard nine iron and like. Bryce Bryce is just constantly walking in his eye line behind him, like nonstop talking, like talking to Chuck. Uh, 150 yards for Bryson's like a sandwich. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. So yeah. that's what I that's what I want. I, I I want just pure chaos and nonsense to be going on. I don't want I don't want I don't want logic or reason. Yeah, but that's yeah, I, I don't know what if I'm going to be busy or not. Um, Stay quite frankly. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping to be at the cigar lounge with with my boss and some coworkers. Quite honestly, but we'll we'll see how that <laughs> must, plays must out. Must be must be nice. You off Friday? No, I'm I'm working. What? Yeah, dude, I'm working. What? I, I, I gotta pay bills, brother. Oh, jeez, man, that's 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 insane. You should be taken off. Hey, hard work don't sleep. That's true. Good point. Um, all right. So, other than that, we we decided to dedicate the parlay this week to the three football games on Thanksgiving, the Turkey Day parlay. We're calling it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. So, I got some suggestions. My phone is about to die, but um, I think that the the first game is just an absolute barn burner. Um, the Bears versus the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, Here's it's my funny. suggestion. The rate the ratings for this game would be better than pretty much like a primetime NBA game. Uh, you, you know what I'm? You know, here's my suggestion. Go ahead. Let's take under the the over uh, in DeAndre Swift total rushing yards sixty seven and a half. Oh, we're gonna do this. Okay. Um, that's since this game absolutely sucks, but Deandre Swift is due for like a 50 yard run every game. The other thing, which I didn't look at it yet, but I can pull it up. I feel like David Montgomery remember early in the year when the bears were doing really well running the ball. Yeah. And then three of the running backs kept getting injured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, and the, um, the Lions suck. So David Montgomery's rushing yards over under 78 and a half. I could see both of those running backs going over. Which would you want to do that, and which one would you want to take? Uh, or would you rather just pick something on the game, like like the game line or something? What's the over under in the game? Over under in the game is, um, like forty two forty four. Uh. Oh, sorry, no, it it is um yeah, it's like forty two. <laughs> That's kind of low. That's still a little too low or, for an NFL Is it 41 game. and a half? Sorry. Uh, what do you want? You tell me what you want to do. You want to do the player prop instead? Yeah, I do. I think Andy Dalton can move the ball better than Justin Fields, so I, I'm not comfortable with the over-under either way. Yeah. Um, well, I think 42, even with these two shitbag. It's two shitbag teams, so like I, I feel like two bad teams can put up can like stumble their way to yeah like, into like 24 points each, like a pick six or something. Yeah. Um, gosh, oh, gosh, I don't know. 
Uh, Do I have to pick this game? <laughs> uh, Swift, Swift or Montgomery? Swift? Okay, Swift? 67 and a half. Yeah. Uh, okay. Swift. Got it. Got it. Lock it up. Okay. Net, so the 430 game is Cowboys at home versus the Raiders. Cowboys are favored by seven and a half. The over-under is 51 and a half. I say we go Cowboys. I agree. Uh, even though they, they have... A lot of injuries. The Raiders have just been shitting the bed. They're like, just they're straight trash. Literal literal straight trash. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. Okay, Cowboys. It's a big spread. It's a half. big it's a, it's a big spread for a quick turnaround game, but yeah, they're trash. Trash like Forky. Trash. Um, and then the night game, eight twenty Thursday. Bills at the Saints. This so the Saints home in the dome. They tend to do well. Um, the Bills are favored by minus six on the road. The betters are fa- are, are kind of leaning Bills. The over under is forty five and a half. I suggest we take the over on I the like forty five and a half. I was gonna I, say because the Bills have kind of been letting up some points, other than the nine six debacle versus the Jaguars. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Kamara is not playing. I, I saw uh, that. You think Simeon can put points up on the board? I don't know. Well, it, the way the Bills are playing, the Bills might. Here's the thing. The, which New Orleans defense has been doing well too, but like, the Bills can put up 44 themselves, and like, the Saints, if they put together three drives and do 21, like, the Bills can score 30. Like, I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of thinking the over. I kind of like the over. The betters uh, do favor the under on 45 and a half. I kind of like the over. All right, let's go over. And Steph Curry is just insane, by the way. So, but go ahead. MVP pick. <laughs> preseason. Like, just automatic. So, um, all right. So, we're going to go DeAndre Swift on the player prop to hit the over. Um, we're going to go Cowboys to cover seven and a half in the over in the Bills game. Happy Turkey Day, everyone. That's what we doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Time to polish off your beer one. I'm going to do the rest of this Mad Elf. You're going to go for a second Mad Elf because that would be fun. Oh, God. I have to function tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I guess on that note, we might as well just assume positions, right? Might as well. Three, two, one. I bought a lot of stuff today. Yeah? At Colonial Beer here in Bethel Park. But I'm going to save a couple of those. So I ended up going back to Trail Day Trogues from last week, um, which is only like 5%. So I figured follow up the, the big old Mad Elf with, with something a little more palatable. Nice. I'm going to... What you got? I'm going to rock. I, th- I think this is my second to last Nugget Nectar. Oh man. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So. When are, when did those come out again? Isn't it soon? February. February. Yeah. So. Two or three months away. Just they, in time. I, I feel like it's earlier every year. So I wonder if they'll be January. Just in time. Sweet. Okay. Um. Couple, two topics this week for beer two. Um. Yellowstone. We're at season uh season four episode four. four. Um. 
this episode. Um, I got it. I got this. I got, I got this. All right, there you go. Thank you. you. You kick your feet up. So this episode really focused around um, Kevin, uh, or sorry, Kevin Costner, uh, John Dutton trying to one put the put the start bringing the pieces together of who who conspired to to kill to kill his family, but also putting Jamie's loyalty to the true test. Uh, he he brings he brings Casey in on um, the man that orchestrated orchestrated or helped or got in contact with the guy that orchestrated the uh, assassination attempt. The guy in and, jail. Yeah, the guy in jail, and said told Casey to go see Jamie and have Jamie pull his cellmate file, see what he could dig up on the guy, and try to have an inter- and and get somebody in there to talk to him. Uh, Casey and he, he basically says if he hesitates in the slightest, then we'll 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 know it was him basically. So, um, you know, K- Casey's real and Casey's very adamant that Jamie was not the one who did this, and that Beth is just she just hates him to the point where she just wants it to be him. Um, so that's that storyline. Beth Beth meets with the uh, I guess the head the head of Lendl Global. And uh, and her number two, who she completely emasculates, like she does all men that she can't stand, which is amazing. <laughs> um, and the Lendl Glober global. What did uh, she say about him? She basically just said, "You have small, small balls. Not only do you probably have small balls, but you probably like pay um, hookers to yeah, drag you, you around on a leash." Yeah, basic, basically, yeah, he's a, a masochist in uh, in the bedroom. <laughs> is that right? I don't know. Sounds right. Yeah, um, which was just. Amazing, and then he gets up and goes, "Why will I won't be talked to this way?" She goes, "Huh, must have struck a nerve," <laughs> which was which was awesome. And uh, the the head of Glendal, the head the head of Lendl Global, you know, as she said the first episode we saw her, you know, you're trying, you know, you're trying you're trying to intimidate people with force who blow up buildings on a Friday on a on a Friday at three o'clock, like on the on the norm. You need to buy into what you know. You need to buy into their greed. So she basically offers. Uh, she offers. Why did I just forget her name? Beth. Beth, yes, God. She offers Beth a job to basically run run things for them in Montana. Uh, Beth just kind of said. Beth basically says, "Well, I want. I, I, I want you to give me full control of." The company that she used to work for, so that she can completely bankrupt and ruin the lot, ruin the life of her boss that betrayed her. Uh, and that's. Is there any other? I don't think there's any other side story going Jimmy. on in the. And Jimmy, Jimmy's. Yeah, he's that was learning. some of my favorite scenes. Uh, what's that guy's name? Randy. Uh, the 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 horse the Cal- guy, the, the, the leader the, of that crew. Yeah, yeah I, like I the, forget the rodeo guy. Yeah, I forget Travis. Travis, Travis. Yeah, yeah Travis, um, Randy Travis. <laughs> That's what, Randy, Travis? Travis, yeah. Travis. Um, Travis uh, basically just talking down and bitching around Jimmy, which as the episode develops, they kind of almost develop like a big brother, little brother relationship where Travis is dropping some knowledge on Jimmy. I, I really enjoyed that part of it, like – that was kind of cool, and like Jimmy, like not taking offense to Travis being a dick, yeah, and like Travis kind of being like, all right, they- like because Travis like could not even like talk to Jimmy, and like that wouldn't even be a thing, but him just kind of like 
at least showing an interest on like dropping some knowledge for Jimmy on like how the world works and like how horses work. That looks cool. I liked it. Um, and then they drop Jimmy off somewhere in Texas. Like, yeah, you you work at this ranch for a little bit. And Jimmy's like, where's the back? Well, Jimmy, <laughs> we're at the front, so the opposite of where we are. Okay. Oh, that was, that was good. That was a good one. And, then I, like and then I like how Jimmy's like, hey, you need me to drive? And he's like, no, no, you ain't driving this. And he's like, you're the only one who hasn't slept. He's like, $100,000 truck, or hundred fit. no, wait, uh, $100,000 $100, truck, a million dollars worth of horses, and a $150,000 trailer. No, nobody drives. I drive. I drive. Yeah, he just was, drinks another sip of his coffee. Coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was yeah, great. That was that was that was great. Um, <laughs> and they were they're winning the ranch some money. So the first very first uh, tournament that they took them to, they started started cashing checks. Rack up is, over a yeah. hundred thousand bucks in cash just yeah. on on basically making their horses do fancy stuff. So. Yeah, which is great. So, and then uh, sorry, and then uh, I messed it up again. Lowell. Wait, oh, uh, Lloyd? Lloyd. Uh, I keep messing <laughs> it up. Um, Lloyd and whatever the hell, Walker. are Like, some something's going to come to head here with those two. Just, you know, uh, someone's somebody's taking one of those guys to the train station. Uh, all because uh, Walker basically stole Lloyd's, uh, you know, sugar sugar mom. Or, I guess, uh, I guess she's giving him the sugar, just not money. Uh-huh. And they 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 get in a fight in the bunkhouse, which is probably my favorite scene. Where Rip just comes in there and goes, "You know, you know the rules. I hate that you're making me do this to you, Lloyd." And then just proceeds to beat the shit out of Lloyd. And then he gets in Walker's face and goes, "You want to fight somebody? You fight me. I'll fight you all fucking day." Ah, oh, so good, so so good. Um, and and it's, it's funny how Rip just keeps bitching at uh, that that kid Parker. The little or whatever, kid. That little... Yeah, it's gonna make a man out of him. And that that kid, I don't think he said a word the whole episode. And I take it back, one or two sentences. But it, it was my wife and I were watching it together. And when that last time when Lloyd, or I'm sorry, uh, Rip comes in and bitches at him for something, and he just kind of gives, he just kind of like stares and looks, like and doesn't say anything. And I'm, I just said to my wife, he, that kid's probably thinking. Well, these people just stop speaking in idioms. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But, yeah. Uh, and then at the end, Jamie Jamie gets the uh, the guy's prison file pulled and looks at the cellmates. And as we as we thought uh, after the first episode, uh, he sees his pater or his biological father's name on the list. So it seems for now, of it, people it, who visited that guy in jail. Oh, I thought that was his cellmate. Oh, I thought it was. I thought I, it was a visitor list. Oh, it might have been. Uh, sorry, I thought it was. I thought it was a list of his cellmates. But either way, uh, his father's, his biological father's name is on the list. We talked about it after the premiere that if it wasn't Jamie that was responsible, it was probably his his biological father that had some some pl- some plot here to to kill the Dutton so he could probably take advantage of Jamie. Uh, um, weak weak-minded state to get get some cash and land so we'll see how when casey and jamie met that was a good scene too because basically casey just kept questioning jamie and jamie's like no i did this all to protect protect yeah it's like you didn't you didn't you didn't didn't call him he's like he's like yeah because fucking beth was there and i hate her and would and would and wouldn't wouldn't basically wouldn't piss on her if she was on fire casey and then but he's like why do you he's like why do you think there were police there well, he's like, why didn't we call dad? And he's like, 
because that would be obvious collusion. He's like, I can't call. He's yeah. like, that would be illegal. And and then he's like, um, you know, he's like, yeah, how do you, and as we keep saying, all these murders just go unchecked. And he's like, yeah, how do you think all these murders keep not getting investigated? He's like, I just keep calling them off. Like, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I thought that scene was like really good too. And I was like, ah, like it makes sense. And you can, and you, you just tell the love between the two brothers, which is, a sh- it's just, it's, it's just, it's just so good between, because it's just such polar opposite with him and Beth, obviously. And, you know, he's, he's like, yeah, yeah, dad hates me because of Beth. And he goes, he doesn't hate you, Jamie. So. Yeah. Also, speaking of the brothers, it was, it, it's interesting. I, I, I have mixed feelings on it, but I like how Casey realized what his wife needed. And he's like, all right, let's, let's go to your, is it his grandfather, her grandfather's? Yeah, her grandfather's. Like, all right, let's go back to the reservation of your grandfather's. And she just lit up and finally snapped out of her funk. And Tate, you know, is going to follow his mother's lead and snap out of it. And it hurt um, John, uh, Kevin Costner's character, that, that his son is leaving the ranch. Because um, that's what they're fighting for. And Casey tries to tell him, like, hey, it's only temporary. It still hurts him, you can see. Yeah. But it's it's what his family needs. I mean, they need to get out of their their stupid funk. Uh, I, easy for me to say, stupid. They almost got murdered. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, uh... but uh, yeah. So I, that was kind of a cool thing too. And then when he kind of has his one on one with Beth, and she's like. I don't even want to say it, but you say what she. She, <laughs> she basically says you need sex. So yeah, she's gonna. She's gonna. You she's need gonna... the p word, daddy. You need the p word. He's. She's. He's like. We really need to talk about these man to man conversations we're having. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna make it happen. No, Beth. I'm gonna call yeah. someone. I was just about to bring that scene up, which was really good. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping you weren't going to bring up Skylar and Sam in this episode because they're, I don't want to talk to them for the, about them for the rest of the season. So <laughs> unless they die now, now I just kind of hope they die in the crossfires of things. So that's just mean. Uh, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't wish that on Casey. They're, they're fictional characters. He'll, it'll, it'll, it'll help him grow into the cold hearted bastard that the Yellowstone needs once Kevin Costner dies. <laughs> so. So good. Let's do four. It's a good episode. Um, I like some people. Th- I've talked to some people who thought it's you know the pace has been a little slow. Like I, I, I just you I don't can't know. murder someone every episode. It's a t- it's a TV show. Like TV shows are going to be slower. Like it's not it's not a two hour movie. You know it's not a ninety minute movie. Like I don't. You just you know you, the big you know they just found out through basically three the first three weeks you found out uh, basically who was responsible for all this stuff. So I I don't know. I but again I. I never really think anything's all that slow in TV. Um, plus, I wanted to bring up too. You you sent me that. Was it a tweet or an Instagram or whatever? Of, um, I guess Yellowstone's the number one slot in TV. Eight, mil- now. Eight million views. And Walking Dead tweeted at him like, "Hey, it's been lonely at the top. Welcome aboard or whatever." And then no, no, Yellowstone tweeted that at Walking Dead. Oh, I thought which made but, it even funnier. But I, I thought it was Walking Dead first, and then Yellowstone turned it into their own tweet. Oh, I, maybe I missed the chain. I, I just saw the Yellowstone tweet. It wasn't a chain, but the Yellowstone tweet, it was basically saying, like, it's been lonely at the top. And then Yellowstone's response was, if you need if you need us to take someone to, tra- to the train station, let us know. That Yeah, that right? was great. It, it, like, do I have it right? I think that was it, right? I... I... I have too much stuff going on on Twitter to be able to find it exactly, but it was it was awesome. It was awesome. 
So. Yeah, yeah. And I can't. I was. Yeah, I don't. I don't have it here on, on an easy, easy grab. But um, yeah, it was cool. Like basically the two shows we we've been day one on. Um, well, I guess I got you back up to speed on Yellowstone. But yeah, we've been we've been all in on these shows, and here we are. Love it. Um, all right. Anything else on Yellowstone? Did you want to drop any other? No, I think it's it's been been a good season. It's been so good, yeah, I'm but good season it keeps so going far. Out. How many episodes are we expecting here? I think it's ten. They usually 10, do ten. And right? We're yeah. through four. Okay. I assume it's yeah. I assume it's going to go through. I I I, I just assume the finale. Do they? Oh, I've never watched it live. Do they do that bullshit like break in between seasons? I don't recall that. Like Walking that. Dead does like the eight and eight. No, I don't recall that at all. No. Okay, so maybe the the fin- uh, maybe the finale is the same uh, night as uh, eight val- night Valentine's yeah. or something. Well, I was gonna say 1883's premiere. Well, we're already four in, so we're gonna be five well, on I thought, Sunday. I, no, no, no. 1883's coming out in December, I think. On Paramount Plus. Uh, I think right. it's I, I think yeah. it's only like two or three weeks away. Uh, the the uh, the prequel. Yeah, I'm so excited know, but for that. Yeah I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many it'll be then. Yeah, I, that's gonna be good. Sweet. All right. Um, well, here nor there. Well, but however many episodes they give us, we will be ready. Um, okay. So to wrap up beer two and episode fifty nine of the Two Beers podcast, um. In honor of Thanksgiving, I said to Drew, let's do a top five of top five meal scenes in film or TV, in, uh, t- movies or TV in film. Um, so uh, there, this is an interesting one. Just think of, again, I'm thinking of more like banquet, like big meals, not necessarily like two people just sitting down eating. I'm not thinking of Happy Gilmore doing a subway, like, talk about a hole-in-one. I'm not thinking of that. I'm thinking of more like people sitting down and eating, multiple people, kind of like a big banquet table, uh, or at a restaurant, you know, kind of kind of what you're thinking. So, um, I got some goodies here. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm missing some, but this is going to be fun. Um, so, do you, you want to do honorable mentions first? Uh yeah, let's uh let's do them. What do you what do you got? Okay, so I got three honorable mentions. Okay, I, I have to admit my number five was super hard. And these these I have three, and it was I just couldn't put any of these three actually in my top five. Um, but one of the ones, one of the first ones that popped in my head for this category, when they did the Hannibal remake in two thousand one. <laughs> And they did the Ray Liotta scene where um, Anthony Hopkins, like, carved up his skull and then, like, fed him a piece of his own brain. Oh, excuse me. The uh, the Matt Elfhairs give me some hiccups. But um, I, I went back and rewatched uh, all these scenes that popped in my head just to kind of, like, give myself, like, a refresh on them. That scene was so disturbing. I couldn't even put it in my top five. Like, I was, like... It, oh, that was so creepy. <laughs> but that one was an honorable mention. 
Um, this one was so close to making in, but I, I could not. Indiana Jones in um, the Temple of Doom, where they have like Solid. snakes and the monkey brains and all that stuff. Um, that was an honorable mention for me. Almost five. And then just out of just pure love of the series and 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 the character and everything, but I think it was season seven, episode one of The Walking Dead with Negan. Oh, good one. When he's like Bet you it was thought, the, it was the, it was, it was a all, dream it was a dream. The yeah, the flash forward dream sequence. Bet you thought you were all gonna grow old together. Eating have Sunday dinners. dinners. No, that's not happening anymore. And they flash forward to a dream sequence, and it's like the whole cast sitting there at a big long table outside, like having a meal. Glenn and Maggie with their unborn Glenn child. Glenn and Maggie, yeah, yeah. So, again, that's an honorable mention. Didn't actually make the top five, but I, I, that always comes back to me when I'm thinking of banquet table type settings. Um, so those are my three honorable mentions. What do you got? Uh, I have. The Indiana Jones monkey brain scene. Oh, nice. Excellent, excellent. And I, I thought about it when you we talked earlier and you brought up the Hannibal scene. I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, that is gross. Like, man, the Indiana Jones one's pretty funny, though. And they just keep bringing out all these, like, ridiculous, like, yeah. dishes that he's just, like, eating like it's, like, you know, nothing. And <laughs> she, yeah. she's got, like, the actual, like, reaction. I had reaction. for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, really good. Um I've got Breaking Bad, just Walter's birthday, birthday breakfasts. Oh, so, nice. And like, who's gonna feed Walt Jr.? Like, those are those are great. Uh, those that th- that was always great for me. And uh, I, I'm, I'm like not a Friends junkie, but I do I do like Friends. Um, I always like the episode where you probably didn't watch Friends, right? My sister did, so I saw a little bit of them. There was a there was a Thanksgiving episode where Brad Brad Pitt did a. Uh, did a cameo and he's just oh. like he play he plays like one of ross's old high school friends and they you know he was he was like he was supposed to be fat in high school and now obviously he's brad pitt and uh you know rachel was mean and made fun of him and now he's like the sexy guy and she she has no idea who he is because she doesn't remember him from high school and he's just like talking shit to her under his breath like the entire dinner it's like really funny so that's cool yeah. um also um hat tip to and I didn't even think about it until you said friends, but um, Big Bang Theory, how they always used to sit around the coffee table with, like, Chinese. Yeah. That did not make my list, but hat tip to to it. Um, cool. Okay. Cool. So without further ado, who want, you want you want to go first? You want me I'll to go, go first? first? I'll number go first. Five? Uh, number five. Number uh, five, the meet the parents scene in the original one with Ben Stiller or Robert <laughs> De Niro, where he's, uh, I got nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Could you milk me? <laughs> uh, hilarious. See, I, 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 yeah, I'm a. That's I'm awesome. A, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for Stiller. I don't know why. A lot, a lot of people. A lot of people I know don't like him, or maybe not him, but like a lot I of. I get the, why people don't like him, but I do. I'm with you. I like him too. Uh, what, what do people not like about him? It's just kind of like it's kind of forced, and it's kind of the same thing over and over again. But like, I, I like it. I like it. I don't know. I, I. Yeah, uh, we'll have to rank. Maybe next next week we're ranking our top five Stiller movies. Uh, so he, he's great, dude. I, I like everybody. People suck. He's awesome. That's my that's my number five. All right, uh, my number five. I honestly didn't want to make this number five, 
just because it's it's Christmas vacation. Like the like the the meal scene um, where the dog ends up ruining it all anyway. But um, you know, I just love the line: "Save the neck for me, Clark." And the the turkey's super dry. And then Aunt Nedna's. Hmm. She does the Pledge of Allegiance instead of Grace. Like, it's it's hilarious. <coughs> yeah. Um, and it's a little bit cheating because it's Christmas and not Thanksgiving. But the other ones I could think of were kind of gross, and I didn't want to do those. So uh, I'm going to go with enough. Christmas Vacation and number five. Hel- hilarious meal scene. Fair, fair enough. Uh, my number four is uh, the dinner scene from The Breakup, which we were talking about yesterday with uh, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston, and the uh, – that guy who's just a side cat, her her brother who's just the acapella weirdo, yeah. and he just uh, after like a couple a couple lines of his like creepy brother making inappropriate joke inappropriate nationality and sex jokes, uh, his brother the brother gets up and just starts singing acapella. Gary on the kick drum, George George or George Jordan on the kick drum, and they just go around the whole table, and Vince Vaughn's his face is priceless throughout the entire uh, the entire sequence. I didn't even so. recall that that was, the, uh, that was the, the meal on that, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the first time you meet the brother, and then there's a scene later in the movie with uh, in the kitchen when he's with, or in her, the bedroom where he's with his actual acapella group, and then they get in the fight. Yeah, that's the part I remember, yeah. Yeah. Come, come on the kick drum. Come, come on the kick drum. Alright, so my number four... From Christmas Vacation, I go to Beetlejuice. Of oh, good. all things. Good one. I don't, like, I don't even, I, I watched the movie as a kid. I don't remember anything about it other than this scene. And it's the whole, daylight coming, me, me want to go, go home. Day-o, And, yeah, man, I just, um, I, and again, I rewatch these things. Because I'm like, am I remembering this right? And, like, I, I was just. I'm just cracking up rewatching it, which it's it's the mother from Home Alone, which I think we, I just watched that with the kids, um, so that just like, how do you go from Home Alone to this, or was it this the Home Alone or vice versa? I don't uh, know. This uh, this came. I'm actually I'm. It's funny you say that. I'm actually in IMDb right now. I'm looking it up because I'm trying to figure out did did this come before or after Batman? Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, Batman was eighty nine because I was gonna say because I was about to ask the same question like how does if this came first it's crazy that like they cast him in uh, they cast Michael Keaton in in, in Batman after Beetlejuice. <laughs> well, look that up because um, yeah, I'm trying to. I, I have to say like I thought for my memory had Beetlejuice showing up at the dinner like while they were dancing or right before they were dancing, but like he doesn't. So I don't know why I thought that, but um, they Beetlejuice the whole... comes up, shows up first, doesn't he? No, they just do the dance. Beetlejuice doesn't actually show up in that scene. That's I that, and I thought he did, but I rewatched it and he does not. Huh? No, they just have like these hands come up through the soup bowls and like grab their face. That's yeah. right. Uh, all right, let's see. Hold on, Keaton. This is like the dumbest IMDb ever. I don't even know what it's. Come on, Drew. You could do it. Well, hold on. Ke- Batman was 89, so I'll just look up Beetlejuice. Beetle. Beetlejuice. 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 88. You already looked it up? Yeah, it's right here. So Beetle- so Beetlejuice was first, and then Batman came, which is why. No, yeah. no wonder people were so, like, <laughs> so skeptical that Michael Keaton was going to be Batman. 
Gina Davis, Alec Baldwin. Oh, God, I love it. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, yeah. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, great so that's my cast. number four. All right, what's your number three? Uh, my favorite part of Beetlejuice was when they were in that waiting room all those times. Again, the only part I remember as a kid, I watched that cartoon a bunch. But it wasn't the, bad. The only the only thing I remember as a kid was just this that scene, the the meal scene where they were just singing that song. Gotcha, gotcha. All and right. obviously, I'm not rewatching Beetlejuice, so I, I don't remember anything. You're, else miss, about you're it. missing out. Uh, my number three is the uh, the restaurant dinner scene from Goodfellas with the famous. Ha! Huh, you're funny, man. What, what do you mean I'm funny? Funny, funny how? What am I, I amuse clown? you? What do am I, I clown? You? Do I amuse you? No, he's a big boy. He asked. Man, I just mean you're funny. Yeah, I heard what you said. Funny how? <laughs> I thought great, that might great. come up. Great, great. The Joe, the Joe Pesci, uh, yeah, Ray Liotta scene. Um, when they're in the the Hawaiian the I always, uh, I should remember the name, but um, uh, I'm embarrassed. The Hawaii, the Hawaiian theme restaurant. <laughs> it's just a classic, classic scene out of Goodfellas. Ray Liotta has come up twice now. Guys, the, guys, making a comeback that. here. Big, big, big meal scene guy. Oh yeah, big time. So that's my that's my number three. My number three is um, oh the old ninety sixer in um oh um Canadian is it Canadian bacon? I with John Candy. Talk. You don't remember uh, that the old ninety sixer? No. no. Oh my gosh! So it's in um. Oh, the Great Outdoors, not Canadian. Oh, oh, the Great, great Outdoors. outdoors. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, um, Where he eats like the thirty-pound steak. With Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, the great old ninety-sixer, which is what, it's like five pounds or something, or like yeah. yeah, something ridiculous, six pounds. Um, yeah, so like that. I mean, that cracks me. Hey, if you, it, it well, it, what cracks me up is Aykroyd is pretends like he's the rich guy, so he's like, oh, the old ninety-sixer, old, old John Candy over there could eat eat that, and he's like. Well, I'll give it a shot, and, <laughs> and it's based. If you eat it, you you and your whole party gets to eat for free. Yeah. And, and has anybody ever finished that? No, nobody in my lifetime. And so John Candy just goes and crushes it, and he's, he's like, "All right, we got it." And the and the uh, butchers there all covered in blood. He's like, "No, no, there's still stuff on the plate." And Dan Aykroyd's like. No, the only thing left is just gristle and fat, and the the butcher just gives him this look like, "Yep, that's exactly right." <laughs> <laughs> and John Candy just has this look on his face; he's just like shaking in fear, like, "No!" Oh yeah, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, that was a good one. That's that's yeah, good. I like I like gr- that great one. Great outdoors, good, uh, the old '96er. Yeah. yeah, good call by <laughs> good good call good call by you on that. Um, yeah. my number two, dear dear baby Jesus. Please bless us and and this food, this K- Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza Hut, Doritos, and and Code Red Mountain Dew, Domino's, Domino's that my smoking hot wife ordered, uh, Talladega Nights. Again, not my, not one of my top feral movies, but that that scene is is great. Uh, between his ridiculous prayer. Uh, the the fact that they have these like twelve like twelve meals from these different fast food restaurants and. Uh, his two little kids, Walker and uh, Texas Ranger, just like completely just <laughs> shit talking their grandfather Chip. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you gonna have, you gonna need to control these boys the way they're talking to me. I love the way they're talking to you, Chip. I will get you like a spider monkey. I'm all hopped up a mountain, mountain dew. dew. I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. Um, 
I threw Grandpa Chip's war medals off the bridge. You say you say this grace good, honey. You say this grace good. Jesus was a man. I like the baby version. I'm saying grace. He was a man. He had a beard. beard. <laughs> this grace is brought to you by Powerade, which I'm obligated to say. Yeah, no, uh, uh, funny enough, I had the exact same thing as my number two, Ricky oh, Bobby. Oh, perfect. I wonder if we're going to have the same number one. Um, I, I, we definitely are. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that was well said. I just, uh, come on, boss, I've been slaving over this meal for hours. And then they show up and it's dominoes and everything else. Hilarious. It's great. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Good scene. All right, good number scene. one. There's only one right answer. <sighs> Wedding Crashers. Oh, we don't have the same number one. Oh wow! Oh man, I'm I'm uh, I'm curious now. Yeah, I had the wedding crasher scene. I I want to cheat and kind of give two two meal scenes from wedding crashers, but I'm gonna go with the one where the whole family's there. Uh, I mean, you have Bradley Cooper walking, uh, Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, all all eating dinner at the same table, conversing, like just showing what a shit show. This like political like dynasty family is. You got the grandma calling Todd the the weird the, the weird the outcast son. She's like he's a homo, <laughs> and they're going up there. He, Vince Vaughn's getting jacked off under the table. They're talking about this made up uh, charity, people helping people, and he goes, "It was terrific. That was terrific." And uh, Todd, it, it all it all ends with Todd going, "I'll be in my room." painting homo things looking at vince vaughn and vince vaughn's face being priceless uh i had that as number one i do secretly like the breakfast scene the next morning better than that scene but since it's only owen wilson really at the table uh i didn't pick it but i love that scene where he's basically just saying he's like i'm not uh yeah i'm not really hungry uh he's like soft mattress yeah could have could have been the soft mattress could have been the soft mattress the midnight rape or the uh the good the the gay new art show that took place in my room any one of those things could have done it (laughs) and then uh he goes what he goes john i i I feel like jody foster from the accused i don't want to talk about it right now (laughs) because i i I actually i I saw i've seen that movie before and i feel i felt like when i was in the movies nobody else had and i'm like laughing my ass off about it and everyone's like what is that i'm like oh don't worry um and then the very end of that scene where it's just like he's like can i tell you something you getting mad at me he's like i love you i love you too i like i i use that line on my best one of my my best friends uh all the time nice that's a good one man what's your number one i'm i feel like i'm gonna be an asshole for not having this now you're doing it peter you're playing with us bang a ring Oh, good one! No, I was Hook. never gonna. I was never gonna have that. Oh man, Hook, where they do the imaginary food and they just they're flinging at each other and um, it's you paramecium brain. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and he's oh Rufio, and he scoops out the the air and then he flings it and it's actual like multicolored food. Yeah. Bangarang. Yeah, and then the food fight takes place. That's that's my favorite. It's a good scene. That's it. That's that's good. That's good. That's the, automatically the first the first scene that came to my mind of like a, like a big banquet scene. Oh, nice. They, they they bring out the plates and they're all empty and and uh, uh, Robin Williams is just like what the like what is going you, on? You kidding me? Yeah. Say what? It, yeah. Yeah. All right. So just to run down our lists, um, I have Hook. Ricky Bobby, the old 96er from the Great Outdoors, uh, Beetlejuice, 
and then Christmas Vacation, and then you have... I'm racking out Wedding Crashers, Talladega Nights, Goodfellas, The Breakup, and Meet the Parents. Oh, man. I Great lists. I, I thought there'd be much more overlap, but, like, man, look at that. There's 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 shockingly a lot of movies with uh with meal scenes in it. Yeah, with good meal scenes. Um, so I mean, you got nipples, Jordan. I could milk you. Yeah, that was good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Oh, uh, so good. All right. Well, um, everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Or if you're listening to this after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Um, tis the season. We're getting into Merry Christmas season. Um, hence, hence the Mad Elf. Yeah, and uh, shout shout out to uh, Jim and uh, Tara, the winners of our uh, our hat giveaway. Yeah, yeah, and um, there was another guy who like won't DM us his address. Um, his name was like, um, hold on, do I have it? Hold on, do I have it? Derushio Harris. I don't know why that guy won't won't message us, but. He ain't maybe getting a hat if he, he, he don't. Maybe, anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe he's a bot. Could be. So, could be. Um, congrats to our hat winners. Um, you know, if you're interested in, in securing one, let us know. Um, we'll probably do another giveaway here in the, in the, by the end of the year. Um, and yeah. Um, th- thanks for everyone participating in, in the contest. So, on that note, Drew, have a good Thanksgiving. You too, boss man. Great talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round. Go on and throw it out, talk about anything that makes you get loud. <laughs>